Here is a sermon that was preached by Pastor Ballon in one of the Sunday morning services. This morning, I would like to talk to you on the title, Don't Believe Everything You Think. Don't Believe Everything You Think. You know, today, many times our problem is not really not knowing the word of God. We know the word of God. We know what God can do to us. But most of the time, we are good in imagination. We imagine so many things and we think so many things in our mind. And moment we start believing all that we think is true, we get into trouble. And this morning, as we you know, title this message, don't believe everything you think, I ask the Holy Spirit that he may help us to understand what we are talking about in this place this morning. As the Lord put this topic in last week, and I was meditating, I was taking this all around in my mind, and I was thinking about, Lord, how I am going to deliver this message. But this morning, by the grace of God, I could put all this together, and that's what you are going to listen from me. Today, you know, we have discouraging thoughts most of the times around us or within us. We keep hearing a voice within us that is always trying to discourage us, that is trying to put us down. And most of the time, such thoughts in our minds, when it comes, they are contrary to the word of God. You know, as children of God, if we are not, we, we, if we are not very careful to identify those thoughts and those things in our minds and compare that, analyze those things in the light of the word of God, you know, we, we fail miserably because most of the time such thoughts that is rising maybe from our flesh or the enemy is throwing into us, into our minds or the world is throwing in our minds, they are contrary to the word of God. They don't allow us to enjoy God's presence in our lives. The life that God has given to each and every one of us is so precious, it's so precious. You know, I believe God has made Adam and Eve and he left them in the garden of Eden and he told them, just go and enjoy. Go and enjoy. You know, I believe when we come into Christ Jesus, he has given us the same assurance that you can experience and you can enjoy all that I have created in this world. But these kind of thoughts and thinking in our minds, they do not allow us to enjoy our lives. You know, most of the time they come and tell us, already you have wasted many years, but it is time that you need to realize that many years have gone in your life. You know, at times we feel so powerless. At times we feel, you know, we, we cannot do anything. We are not able to move forward because we already lost our confidence. We are, not, we are not finding it easy to do things. At times even we feel lonely and we do not know, Lord, how I am going to take this further, Lord. We feel that in the whole heaven, the, the whole weight is sitting on our own head. We struggle to take this further. Maybe it may be in the ministry or it may be in our personal life, in our family life, wherever it may be. We feel that pressure in our lives. At times we think, Lord, I have not done anything to you, Lord. I have not done anything to you. That comes in our minds as a guilty conscience and that even puts us down. That you already wasted your life. You can, we couldn't be effective for God. You couldn't do anything effectively for God. And at times doubt comes in our lives. 
And even the doubt tells us, will you really make it to heaven if you continue to live in this manner? You know, doubt and such concerns and such voices, such thought process in our lives always puts us down and it hinders us, you know, from moving forward in our lives. But you know what? Instead of all this going on in our lives, God wants us to, you know, get the best out of our lives. God wants us to make sure that we make use of every opportunity and every minute that is given to us in our lives. God is telling, God wants us to be happy. God wants us to be content in everything that we have and in everything that we do. That doesn't mean that we, need to, we don't need to have eagerness to move forward, to improve, but always that is important. But at times, children of God, you know, we are so oppressed by these thoughts and these wrong beliefs in our lives. Scripture repeatedly tells us not to believe in the lies of the enemy. Not to get discouraged by listening to what he has to tell us. You know, he is the father of lies. And he has always lies, bundles of lies along with him. And he comes and throws those lies in our lives. And anytime when we listen to the lies of the enemy, you know, we get discouraged. You know, no wonder even I was preparing in this morning when I knelt down to pray. There's so much of discouraging thoughts were running in my mind. And I know for sure because I'm going to deliver this message. And I need to overcome. You know, every time in our lives, every moment in our lives, such discouragements are part of our lives. And this morning, I believe that Lord may open our, open our minds to see, you know, how can we overcome such thoughts in our, life, in, in our minds. God wants us to gain new strength. God wants us to take possession of new grounds. God wants us to move forward in our ministry, in our personal lives. God wants us to touch many lives. God wants us to be a blessing for at least one, at least one family. God wants us to encourage somebody and bring them into the kingdom of God. You know, God has so much of plans about you and me. You know, God doesn't look at us the way we look at us. You know, most of the time, we have a habit of looking at ourselves as so low, but God doesn't look at us in that way. God has a love set upon our lives. God has a great expectation set upon each and every one of our lives. And God believes us. You know, at times it's a wonder in our lives that God trusts us. The way we trust God, God trusts each and every one of us. When God gives us a responsibility, he trusts us completely, 100%, and he hands over the responsibility to us. You know, our God is a God who trusts us the same way we trust him. And this morning, God wants us to realize that if we give room or room to the voice of the enemy, if we give room to the voice of the lies in our lives, no, we will never be able to move forward. There are six different areas I just want to highlight this morning as we take this further. Number one, we at times worry about many things in our lives. You know, worry is the most common sickness among humanity. Worry is the most common syndrome which is seen among people today. You know, worry is the common reason for people eventually going into depression. You know, most of the time, there is no basis for our worry. Most of the time, we don't know why do we worry. But we worry. 
throughout the day from the time we get up in the morning until we go back to bed. We keep worrying about so many things. But at times if we take time and think about why do I worry? There is no proper reason why do I worry, but I worry. You know, worry has become a habit for some of us. Most of the time we keep worrying about something, worrying about something. You know, many things run in our mind and they put all, they all together make us to worry. We have many things to worry about. We have need to worry about our children. We need to worry about our job. We need to worry about our church. We need to worry about, you know, what do we do tomorrow? We need to worry about in our finances. We need to worry about so many things in this earth. Worry becomes part of our lives. You know, we worry about things that are even beyond our control. We know that we have no control about those things, but still we worry because we want to worry. Worry becomes part of our lives. You know, we can't sleep without worrying. We cannot do things effectively without worrying because we are so accustomed with worry that worry has to be there in our lives. Every time worry is part of our life. But you know what? Without our knowledge, the worry is hindering our effectiveness. Worry is not allowing us to do things effectively because we are always worried, because we are not able to think something else. Because God has given us a life that we want to experience, we want to enjoy. We need to do things joyfully when we do things for God. But when worry comes in our minds, it will not allow us to do things effectively. We even imagine and worry for those things that are not real. There is nothing of that kind. There is nothing of that sort in our lives, but still we worry. We imagine those things and we worry. Now, we used to uh, hear a story when I was a little. A, a little girl, when she was uh, uh, sweeping their, uh, uh, their uh, porch or their front room, suddenly she screamed. And she started crying and she screamed. And mom came running and you know, asking the young girl, come on, what happened to you? Everything was okay with you, but then now what happened? And this is what she said. She said, Mom, when I, when I grow bigger and when I become older and when I get married and if I have a baby, when I'm holding that baby, suddenly if that baby falls off my hands and falls in the ground and I just thought about it and I'm worrying about and this, you know, I just screamed. You know, we worry for even imaginary things. Not only worry, we worry, but we also make others worry. You know, think about a house. Think about a setup there, you know, we have parents and we have children living together. And if someone starts worrying, and that worry affects everybody in that house. You know, today worry is a lie that the enemy is throwing on our way. Because of our worry, we miss so many good things that God has in place for us. I want to turn your attention to Luke chapter 10, verses 41 and 42. Luke chapter 10, verse 41 and 42. We read about an instant incident that took place in the life of Jesus as he went to the house of Lazarus, Mary and Martha. In Luke 10, 41, 42, scripture say, and Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. You know, that was Jesus' response. 
Jesus said, Martha, you are worried about so many things and you are troubled with many things. And if you remember the background, Martha came running to Jesus and told, Mary is not helping me in the kitchen. Come on, Jesus. Mary is always sitting at your feet. Mary is not at all helping me. You know, that was the worry of Martha. How many Marthas are here today? <clears throat> the other day, my wife was telling me, I'm like Martha in this house. It's me and my son, right? We all want different stuff, different varieties. And what she can do, she has to become a Martha then. You know, Martha has to worry about so many things. And Jesus looked at Martha, Mary, uh, Martha and said, Martha, you are worrying about so many things. But one thing is needed. And I like the way Jesus responded. Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. What will not be taken away from you today? What will not be taken away from you? Eternal life, anything to do with eternity will never be taken out of us. Everything else we do on this earth will be gone the moment we are gone. But anything you do for eternity, anything you do Maybe preparing yourself for eternity, preparing someone's life for eternity, doing something in the presence of God, giving it to God, and serving God in many different ways. Those are the things that are going to come along with you. Sitting at the feet of God and reading the word of God, they are going to come along with you into the eternity. Jesus said, Martha, you are worried about so many things. You know, today God is telling you, I believe, that we are worried about so many unnecessary things in this world. But Jesus is telling you this morning, there is only one thing. There is only one thing you need to worry about. That will never be taken out of you. Anything concerning eternity, anything that is in touch with eternal heavens, you know, that's what we need to worry about it's not worth for worrying about you know worldly things it is worth to worry about eternity do we need to worry about eternity I would say yes how do we do that how do why do we need to worry about eternity I need to worry about eternity because I need to worry will I make heaven will I make to heaven Will I go to heaven? That becomes a worry in my life. That helps me to study the word of God. That helps me to have a clean life before God and men. You know, today God wants us to have concern about our eternity. People in this world, they don't think about eternity. They don't worry about eternity. They don't have any concern about eternity. But God is telling you this morning, just hold on to what is eternal. Hold on to what is eternal. Number one, worrying about many things is a thing that most of us believe. But this morning, God is telling you, let's not believe in that. Let's move further. Number two, we worry about, uh, sorry, we at times we think that our prayer is not doing anything. My prayer is not doing anything. You know, I keep hearing, I keep hearing, that's the concern of many people today. My prayer is not doing anything, Lord. I pray to you and they say, I pray to God, but I don't think my prayer is working. Jeremiah chapter, three verse, chapter 33 verse 3 says, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Who said this? God said this. God said, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. 
But you think God is not answering your prayer. You know, many times, even I think about it and all of us think about it. Why God is so silent? Why God is not answering my prayer? You know, most of the time we compare ourselves with somebody else and say, Lord, you answered that individual, but Lord, you are not answering my prayer. You know, that's the lie of the enemy. That's the lie of the enemy that the enemy is throwing in our hearts. It's not that God is not answering us or God is not listening. God is not deaf that he cannot listen or he cannot hear our prayer. God always hears our prayers. But what is important? We need to know the truth. We need to know the truth. You know, God hears all, our, all of our prayers. If we pray to God without sin, that's what scripture says. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 59, 1 and 2. Isaiah 59, 1 and 2. Scripture says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. You know, scripture says, God, forget about answering, God answering. God, he, can, he cannot even hear us if we have sin in our lives. If we pray to God without asking God to forgive us, if we pray with iniquity in our mind, in our lives, God cannot even hear us. The cry that we make, it doesn't even reach God. And scripture also says, God answers only if we ask anything according to his will. 1 John 5.14. 1 John 5.14. Now this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. There are two times, two reasons why our prayer may not be heard. If we pray with sin. And secondly, if we don't pray according to the will of God. Now those are two instances where God will not answer our prayer, but not always, not always. You know, our prayer is not doing anything, is a lie today, the enemy is throwing among the Christians. You know, Christians, they stop praying because they think that my prayer is not heard. God is not answering my prayer. You know, the reason either you have sin, we have sin in our lives, or we have, we are praying something which is not according to the will of God. But not just that alone. I want to take this further a little. The question is, then why only my prayer is not heard? I know that I confess all my sins. I know that I'm praying according to the will of God. But why my prayer is not heard? You know, God heard your prayer, but he has not answered in the way he has answered to somebody else. You know, that makes a huge difference if you can listen to me carefully. God heard your prayer, but God has not answered you the way he has answered to somebody else. But maybe because God has a different plan for you. God has a different plan for you. Because you are a child of God, somebody else is not, not a child of God. God has an ultimate different plan of plan for you. God's will concerning your life is different than somebody else. Because God, you are a child of God, and you are willing to fulfill God's will in your life, and the same way God expects you to do his will, so God's will concerning your life is different. God's timing has not come yet. In the life of a child of God, there is something called the timing of God. 
but that's not that's not true for somebody else god has a timing god has an appointed timing in your life that he will do certain things in in in, in his as it is in his mind at times even god equips us before he gives us what we asked for god equips us before we receive that blessing from him you know most of the time we pray for something but we are not ready to handle those blessings in our lives and god says you need to wait my son my daughter you need to wait my time has not come and if i give you that you will mess it up i'm not going to give you this now you need to wait upon me and there will be a time i will give you that god will teach you god will bring discipline in your life and he will tell you and teach you how to wait upon the lord and at times god tells my son my daughter you don't need that you keep praying for it but you don't need it because you know what god knows the best for his children god knows the best for his children we don't know what we need but god 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 knows because the moment you have fallen you allow yourself to fall at the hands of god in the hands of god god knows what we need so god not answering our prayer is a lie every time you pray to god faithfully sincerely god listens to your prayer there is no doubt about it scripture is an authority this morning that god hears our prayers if you feel if you think in your mind that god is not listening to you god is not hearing your cry just this morning take that away it is not from the word of god it is a lie of the enemy number 3 at times we hear in our minds saying that you lost everything you lost everything the enemy tells us you are a loser you are a loser you lost everything you lost your friends moment you decided to follow lord jesus christ just turn back and see who is standing behind you nobody everyone has gone they were in good friends with us when we were just be with them giving company along with them but now the moment you start following lord jesus christ they are gone and the enemy tells you you lost your best friends turn back and see how many years you wasted you are now 39 you are 40 and whatever you your ages turn back and see how many years you wasted look at somebody else who just started along with you who came after you but now look at that somebody else where he is or where she is and where you are today what are you doing you are a loser you lost everything there is nothing good in you you are a utter failure you know that's a word we keep hearing in our minds in our hearts at times even he tells you are so far from your country your family you all you lost all those good days of being with your family and people around you you are a loser you know that's what exactly children of israel they heard in the wilderness as they were walking god asked them to get out of egypt and asked them to walk in the wilderness to the blessed land of canaan and they just turned back and said oh we remember all the good days that we had we had all the vegetables that we had in our land you know children of israel they were just having the same behavior and there is no doubt that you and i have the same behavior today in spite of god telling us this is my direction walk in this way that's where i want to go that's where i want you to go and this is what i want you to do but then we turn back and see those good days in our lives and we don't want to follow lord jesus christ and in the workplaces we lose or the enemy tells us that you lost all the opportunities there were chances for promotion there were chances for this that and this recognition and that recognition but you lost everything you are a loser 
And even he continues and says, you lost your health. Even if you wish to do certain things, you are not able to do it because of your age. It is all done. There is no good in your life. You lost everything. And I want to turn your attention to the man, a precious man from the word of God. A man who lost everything in just one day. He lost his oxen. He lost all his sheep. He lost all his camels. He lost all that, all his donkeys. He lost everything. He lost even all his children in one day. But you know what? God was faithful to that man. We read about him in Job chapter 42 verse 10. Job chapter 42 verse 10. At the end of everything. At the end after losing all this in his life. I mean he literally lost. We are talking about the fake voices that we hear that you are a loser. But this man there he literally lost everything. And Job 42 10 says and the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed the Lord gave Job twice as much he had before that tells you the kind of blessing that God has for a child of God you know today just don't believe those lies that the enemy is showing you just believe in God because you are a child of God and God has so much of blessing for you and me we serve a God who can bless us in many folds you may not experience that right now but then as we hold on to him God will bless you manifold. You can turn all the losses. He can turn all the losses and give it, make it as a gain for you. Because he holds our future. But children of God this morning, we need to have that assurance in God. Otherwise, it's very hard to move forward. It is very hard to live, very hard to live a life that is pure in front of God. It is very hard for us to take this ministry further. We need to know for sure that my God is a God who bless me manifold. Number four. Number four lie, or the think that the thinking that we have, Satan is attacking me. Satan is attacking me. You know, I keep hearing, few at least, brother, pray for me. Satan is very hard on me. And do you expect Satan to be soft on us? No. He's going to be hard on us. There is no doubt. Satan is attacking me. Satan is very hard on me. I would say it's a lie. I mean, it's true in a sense that Satan is hard on us. And we need to be hard on him too. We don't want to show our soft face to him. We need to show our rough face to him. We need to just cast him out. Right? But then I believe, also believe it is a lie. And people of God, we try to hide behind that lie. Saying that, you know, I'm going through sickness always. In my house, there is always sickness. There is no peace in my family. You know, someone is always against me in my workplace. Financially, I'm going through a lot of difficulties in my life. I have bad dreams and bad visions. You know, everything, I'm not able to sleep in the night. I have sleepless nights. Satan is attacking me. Satan is attacking me. I'm even afraid to do ministry. I'm even afraid to, you know, pray for somebody else because I think Satan may attack me. I'm afraid. I would say that is a lie of the enemy. He doesn't want you to do anything against him. That's the reason he's telling you that he's attacking you. Satan is real. His attack is real. But to a child of God, it is fake. Why do we say that? We read that in Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Let's turn to Luke chapter 10, verse 19. 
Listen to what Jesus told his disciples. And Jesus is telling that to you and me this morning. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. And over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. You know, if you believe the scripture, if you believe what Jesus told Jesus told to the disciples and telling you this morning, there is no reason why do we need to worry about the attack of Satan. Satan is attacking me is a lie that we keep hearing. You know, he appears to be a lion. He appears to be a roaring lion. He appears to be a serpent. He appears to be a scorpion. But nothing can do anything to us. No, we need to believe in the word of God and God wants us to take it further. God wants us to move forward. Satan is a liar. He manipulates. He's a master manipulator. He's a masterminded. He's an exaggerator. He exaggerates things and he shows things in front of you as if it's a big picture in front of you. But it is nothing. It is nothing. The moment you kneel down and cancel the plans of the enemy, everything is gone. Nothing. Nothing is real. He looks for opportunity to devour us. And this morning God is telling you, just do not worry about him. People who are worrying about Satan, they will always worry about Satan in their life. And we don't, we don't want to worry about him. And we don't want to do a Bible study on Satan. We don't want to do anything about him. We need to know his tricks and plans. But God wants us to move forward, taking victory over him, gaining grounds over him. He doesn't have power. He is fake. He is fake because God has given us the authority and we want to use that authority in the name of Jesus and we need to move forward. Number five, number five, another lie that we keep knowing, we keep hearing in our minds. They don't see God, but they are blessed. They don't go to church, but they are blessed. You know, this morning, I just want to spend a few minutes on this because this is very, very important. I'm sure all of us have the doubt. We at times we see we both started together. See where she is. See where I am. You know it always happens to me. It always only happens to me. Look at her and look at him. He doesn't go to church. He doesn't pray. He doesn't fast in the way I do. He, 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 does, he, he has not given himself or herself to the baptism. He's not getting filled with the Holy Spirit. He not, he's not speaking in tongues. He's not doing anything that I do. But in spite of all this, Lord, look at him. Look at her. She's blessed. Or he is blessed. But I am still struggling. I am going through difficulty. I am not able to settle in my life. I am going through difficulty. On the other day I was telling somebody. That this is the ninth house that we moved after marriage. Right? And we want to settle down somehow here. We look at others and see. I am not able to settle Lord in my life. They all settle down. But they don't see God. But I see God. Lord, why it happens? And at times even they look at us and ask me, where is your God? You go to church and where is your God? You know, remember, not only us. There are people in the word of God. They have gone through it. Psalmist, he says in Psalm 42, 3. Psalm 42, 3, he says, My tears have become, have been my food day and night. Imagine, can you imagine? He was crying out day and night until the tears falling into his mouth. He was crying day and night. Why? While they continually say to me, where is your God? Where is your God? 
you know this is what the world will say today this is what the enemy will say today but as children of god we need to know what the word of god says you know there is no doubt the world many times in this world we see evil flourishing we see evil flourishing in this world and somehow as children of god we need to accept that fact in our lives we see evil flourishing in this world scripture has only two categories of people i'm just going to give an answer to this right now scripture has only two categories of people one is wicked one is righteous do you see anybody in between anybody in between one is wicked and another one is righteous those who are washed by the precious blood of the lord and follow his footsteps according to the word of god are called righteous the rest are wicked you know that's how this precious word judges not me that's how this word of god judges us those who are washed by the precious blood of the lamb and follow the word of god they are righteous the rest are all wicked how good they may be how generous they may be they may not do any sin at all you know they they they, they may not do any harm to anybody how good they may be if they are not washed by the precious blood of the lamb still according to my scripture my word of god they are wicked you know we need to understand this they are still wicked that's how word of god judges let's turn to psalm 37 verses 35 and 237 psalm 37 35 through 37 i have seen the wicked in great power who is in great power the wicked is in great power and spreading himself like a native green tree He's spreading his roots everywhere and he's so solid, so strong. Who? The wicked. Verse 36. Yet he passed away and behold, he was no more. Indeed, I sought him, but he could not be found. Mark the blameless man and observe the upright. For the future of that man is peace. Future of that man is peace. You know, there is a huge difference between following God and not following God. And this morning I ask you that God may open our eyes. Isaiah 48 verse 22 and Isaiah 57 verse 22. These two scriptures, they say the same thing. There is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. There is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. Wicked, I'm referring to those who are not washed by the precious blood of the Lamb. There is no peace. Do you know that? outside they they look gigantic outside they appear so good but in their personal life when they go to bed they do not have peace they do not have peace proverbs 16 4 says the lord has made all for himself yes even the wicked for the day of doom they are just made for destruction that's what scripture says psalm 92 7 scripture says when the wicked spring up like grass and when all the workers of iniquity flourish, it is that they may be destroyed forever. That means wicked are kept for eternal destruction. They may flourish in this world, but they are kept for eternal destruction. That's the reason we need to preach the gospel. That's the reason we need to tell somebody that Jesus Christ is a savior. Without him, you lose your eternity. Let's take it further. But God is telling us this morning that you are a blessed and with children of God, we need to understand this truth. Scripture says in Proverbs 10.22, Proverbs 10.22, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. And he adds no sorrow 
with it. You know, you are a child of God. You are a blessed person because you receive blessings from God. And when God gives you the blessings, there is no sorrow added to it. But the wicked, the people of this world, when they receive a blessing, there comes the sorrow attached with it. But as a child of God, when you receive a blessing, there is no sorrow added to it. Scripture talks about sudden destruction that comes upon the wicked. Psalm 5 verse 12. Psalm 512 says, For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. You will surround him as with a shield. You know, God surrounds us with his favor. We need the blessing of this world or we need the blessing or the favor of God. I would say I need the favor of God so that I am protected. I am preserved. Scripture also says there is no peace and sleep for the wicked. Proverbs 3.24 When you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down and your sleep will be sweet. Your sleep will be sweet. Psalm 4.8 says, I will both lie down in peace and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make, my dwell, make me dwell in safety. If you are not able to sleep in the night, you need to come and see me after the service. Scripture says, when you lie down, you will not be afraid. Kneel down at the side of the bed. Bed. Pray to God, Lord. I thank you for such a giving me such a beautiful day. I'm at the end of, the end of my day. I'm going to sleep. Protect me. Preserve me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Go to bed. That's it. The moment, next minute, we can hear you snoring. You know, that's how we need to be. No peace and no sleep for the wicked. But for a child of God, God has given peace. More than everything, God has given you and me eternal hope. Matthew chapter 25 verse 46 says, Matthew 25 46. And these refers to the wicked will go away into everlasting punishment. But the righteous into eternal life. You know, why do we worry about somebody getting blessed on this earth? Just thank God because God has prepared you eternity. God has blessed you on this earth without any sorrow added to his. God has given you peace. God has given you good sleep. All that you need is just to follow him. So it is a deception of the enemy or the lie of the enemy that people who are not seeking God are blessed. No, not at all. You are the blessed. We are the blessed. Finally, finally the lie that comes in our minds. Saying, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm not like somebody else. I can't do it. In a moment we think that I can't do it, we miss the opportunity. We miss the opportunity. You know, when God called me to this ministry, if I would have said, no, Lord, I can't do it because somebody else who is more capable of more than me, they can do it. I would have missed this opportunity, I would say. You know, it is so true in every one of our lives. The moment you look at us and say that, Lord, I can't do it, but somebody else can do it, Lord. We miss the opportunity. You know, by saying that, over a period of time, we lose our confidence on us. We start comparing ourselves with others. Once things were easy for us, but now it has become difficult for us. Once those things, we were doing it very easily, but those things become very difficult. Now we are able to take it, not able to take it further because we lost the confidence on us. 
You know, most of the time we think that I'm not called to do it because I'm not talented. Talented. This work is not good for me. Maybe I need to find somebody else. You know, moment more we think about this, more we think that I can't do it. You know, we are not able to stay in one place stable. But this morning, God is telling you that God has a plan that is mightier than what you and I can imagine and I can think. And we eventually conclude, we take certain decisions based on what we think. And we fail to give room to God to work in our lives. And this morning, God is telling that we need to correct ourselves. The most destructive lie within each and every one of us is this voice. You can't do it. You can't do it. That's the most destructive lie within us. You know, I just want you to say this. You as putting your name there. You as my name. You as Balan can do it. But you as a child of God can do it. Can you say that? Can you try saying that? You as. Put your name there. You as. Come on. Tell that. Declare that. You as can do it. But you as a child of God can do it. Amen. You know, I'm not asking you to think positively. No, just forget about the positive thing. That doesn't work always. Don't think positive. I'm not asking you to think positively. I'm asking you to know your position in Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we need to understand our position in Lord Jesus Christ. You know, that's his, that is critical. Philippians chapter 4 verse 13, Paul says, you know, boldly he proclaims saying this in Philippians chapter 4 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things who, through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. You know, God has greater responsibilities for us. But we need to know that with God's strength, we can do it. Finally, God's ways are different in our lives most of the time. God's ways are different. God wants to make ordinary to extraordinary. God wants ordinary to, and he wants to turn that into extraordinary. You say you are a failure, but God says you are precious. Now I want you to hear that word. That the word precious itself is precious. God, want, God is telling us, you are so precious. You are mine. You belong to me. I belong to you. You are so precious. You say you are broken, but God says, I want to use you to heal somebody's brokenness. You say you don't have a degree, but God says, I need those who are humble enough. Those who are humble enough to do the will of God, to do the work of God. I need such people. You say you are not capable, but God says, you have a vision in this ministry. I have already put that vision concerning this ministry. I want you to do it. Forget about your capacity. Forget about your abilities and inabilities. God doesn't want golden vessels. He wants yielded vessels. God doesn't want those who are busy, but God wants those who are available. And this morning, I strongly believe God has a vision for each and every one of us. No matter how talented we are or not, no matter what our age is, God doesn't care about all these things, but God has something. Finally, to summarize all that what I said. Number one, worrying about many things. Can you repeat this after me, all the green letters? Worrying about many things. One thing that is needed, just repeat after me. Just read that along with me. One thing that is needed, 
that is eternity. I will worry about that. Number two, your prayer is not doing anything. That is the voice of the enemy. And what do we, what do we say? I know God's choice is the best for my life. Number three, we, the enemy says you lost everything. But this is what we want to say. My God can give it back in many folds. He is the God of Job. Number four, Satan is attacking me. At times we feel that Satan is attacking me. But this is what is our response to Satan. Satan cannot attack me. I am going to use the God-given authority against him. Number five, they don't seek God, but they are blessed. But this is what is our, our response. They don't have peace. They don't have sleep. And their end is destruction. But I am peaceful, content, and eternally blessed. Number six, I can't do it. I am not like someone else, but this is what is our response this morning. I can do it through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Amen. Let's close our eyes. Hope you are blessed by this teaching. Please write to Pastor Balan Swami Nathan at balan at hipm.org. God bless you.